Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 149. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I've brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of, and please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. Today we have another special guest that joins the podcast, Dylan Dane, the CEO of System the first relationship-based technology fitness brand that prioritizes longevity over quick-fix exercise fads and unnatural appearance standards. Dylan grew up in Sri Lanka, South Asia, where his family's income was less than $20 a month. Through the kindness and generosity of others, Dylan was able to move to the United States at the age of 20. He received a scholarship and financial aid to attend MIT, where he studied computer science and physics. And his time at MIT was not always easy. He barely spoke English and experienced social anxiety, making it difficult to find friends. Completely overwhelmed by adapting to both a new culture and the intense curriculum left Dylan physically and mentally exhausted. And after passing out during a final exam, the result of staying up multiple nights due to anxiety and depression, Dylan's professor reached out, changing the course of Dylan's entire life. This professor offered Dylan the chance to retake the exam under the condition that he seek help immediately for his depression. Dylan and I dive deep into his past and how adversity created the foundation to his success. I hope you all find value in Dylan's wisdom and journey. Dylan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me, Scott. So I want to start, I really want to start the conversation with where you are today and actually work our way backwards. I know a lot of people start with the origin story, but you're currently the the CEO of System 2. Give listeners the, the summary on what System 2 is and how you guys are really disrupting the fitness world, in my opinion. Uh, great question. So the mission with System 2 is to bring coaching to as many people as possible, right? And we're starting with uh, personal training, but then we want to uh, extend to other types of coaching, like mental health coaching, meditation coaching, et cetera. And, uh, and so how are we going to do this? Um, technology has enabled services, products and services that were only available to the wealthy and um, and and you know a small number of people historically to the masses, right? Uh, this is true for everything from just clothing to uh, automotive, you know, like cars and, and flying and all this, all these things. Uh, one of the things that's hardest to scale, though, is human-based services, things like coaching. Um, however, recent advancements in machine learning. And, um, and other tools, we believe, makes it possible for a coach to um, reach 
a far number, larger number of people uh, so that instead of like, you know, 10, 12, 20 people benefiting from a single coach, hundreds of people can get that same benefit by handing off some of the mundane menial tasks to AI and the coach really focusing on uh, solving key problems, which is their competency. So that is what Sintu wants to do for all types of coaching, starting with personal training. Um, so how do we do this? Uh, we currently have a consumer product where uh, our users pay us a subscription fee and uh, we pair them up with a coach that fits their needs. And then the coach designs them workouts that are delivered through an app and they, uh, they do the workouts with the app and, uh, and uh, the coach is able to review the workout. The coach gets data about their other activity um, from their, if they have an Apple, Apple watch or whatever, uh, any devices like that. And, uh, and then there's a like constant ongoing connection. And almost every day, the coaches communicate with the, with the users and, uh, and stay in touch. That's a huge part of it because uh, we really believe that people change when, when there are relationships that incentivize them to uh, change. It's, it's not about having some gadget or some magic pill or some diet plan. It's really about relationships at the end. And, uh, and our, our entire platform is designed around creating a very strong relationship between the coach and the client, even though if it's, even though it's remote. And uh, yeah, so that's the product today. We're also launching a new product where we're kind of extending the service to any coach out there uh, that is a fitness, a fitness coach or a fitness influencer to, to train uh, their own audience uh, in a way that they prefer to uh, do that because, you know, everyone has different styles and everyone has different needs. Um, so that's, that's what we do right now. I love this concept around, you know, when you're, as you're talking about system two, the, the, the couple of things popped into my head and the main one really is around access, right? What you alluded to is that there was this, let's call it privilege to be able to have a personal trainer and right. we're really, you guys are really developing the access and the ability for someone to have that access for affordable cost. And I right. think, you know, concept wise, foundationally, it's very similar to Airbnb, right? Sure. Not being able to afford a place and being able to go to a beautiful place for a week somewhere completely remote. And that was off off limit for a lot of people. And so I get super fascinated about technology. I'm super bullish on all types of technology. Yeah. And I feel like the last year it's super accelerated, especially with COVID and yeah. all of the, the way that we communicate. So timely on you guys is end with this business too. I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. What was the spark that ignited really inside you and drew you to start this business? You know, what, there was, I assume there was some sort of purpose and alignment yeah. in parallel with this. What, what was that for you? I think, um, I mean, this is a story that goes pretty far back, but at the, at the, um, at the crux of it, I have had, I have built several companies and uh, have had, um, you know, pretty, I have had a pretty successful career in tech. And, um, and this time around, I really wanted to build something 
that directly made people happier you know like how do we create a happier world a better world use technology i mean almost every company does something good uh, by default but like how do you kind of do it directly can we touch people's lives i mean you think about that um you know mental health fitness these are the things that come to mind right um and um and when i th- thought about my own experience going through my own personal growth journey the thing that makes the biggest difference without a question is having guidance having a counselor having a coach when it comes to any one of those personal development um avenues and and that was really the spark and and that that need like spotting that need but also spotting that you know as you know as you know there has been a lot of advancements in ai recently um if you look at uh, algorithms like gpt3 that are able to produce very complex natural language patterns um this kind of thing was not available even like 2 3 years ago it wasn't even like it wasn't it, we couldn't even anticipate that that would be available it was like that kind of that much for that much for an, an advancement has happened recently so um when you look at when you look at the trend of how much ai is advancing and when you when you think about you know how needed these services are uh, when it comes to mental health physical health and how costly these services are that was kind of like the the spark that hey maybe finally at last there is a way to bring a coach to everyone right i want to live in a future where you know anyone who needs a coach a uh, a therapist um a trainer has access to those resources without having to pay Hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, five hundred dollars per hour, right? Um, and um, and kind of realizing that, hey, we're at this point where we can actually scale these services with technology. I think that was that was inspiration. And was there something specific in your life? Because again, it comes back to this this access piece that I I, I hear. There's iterations yeah. of it right in your in in your voice. Was there? I know it's not one thing throughout your life that, oh, this epiphany happens and it's this right. one event that's triggered and everything changes from there. No, it's a series of events. But yeah. was there something if we if we kind of peel back another layer of this, was there something really, you know, in your childhood? I know in you came to America, what, when you were 20 years old? Was there something really that inspired you back then that's kind of that was the seed for for you? And it's really blossomed now into what we're talking about right now. Yeah, that's a great question Scott. Uh absolutely. I like you mentioned grew up in Sri Lanka and um and really the probability of me ending up here doing what I'm doing today I would have I would have put it to be very low. And especially in you know especially if I was born imagine even forget 100 years right even 10 years before i did my journey would have been near impossible but but it did happen and and what made that possible was 
technology really and and creating access in various ways uh, in the U.S. and across the world thanks to the innovation that that um, started in the U.S. Now, the first layer of access has been information, right? That was enabled by the World Wide Web and uh, and computers, and and this made a tremendous difference for a million kids like me growing up in a third world country without absolutely without the resources to without the internet you know there's absolutely no way that um that i would be sitting here um because it it took just knowing about what what else is out there and what's possible and um and being able to try things and and that makes a huge difference so um so yeah, I think I think that was a key part of the motivation, um, being able to create that level of uh, same way of um, same style of uh, access expanding to other sectors beyond information, uh, various services, and uh, so when you think about like. You can you can give people information and and the most motivated people will take uh, take advantage of it right but then like there are a lot of people who are like not in such fortunate situations even uh, they need some extra help and and that's where like things like coaching and and uh, uh, and like a personalized touch makes a big difference uh, yeah I mean I can I can go into uh, my own story of uh, how this all started. Uh, way back in Sri Lanka. I, I I would I I would actually love that. And here's why. There's something that again stuck out that you had just said that was super fascinating. The percentage and you're a smart guy. You went to MIT. Um and I'm actually from the East Coast, so very familiar. But you had said something that really just was like this beacon. The chance or the percentage that you would have pegged it was substantially low that landing where you are today whether it be technology the people that you spoke to uh all of these millions of of factors that stuff is so damn fascinating to me when someone sees that opportunity even you know certainly not a comparison but people just being born a a human being like breathing and and having eyes and a brain like all of that is super super rare and I think a majority of us forget that opportunity and how much that truly means. And it sounds cliche to a lot of people, but the world is very big. The opportunity yeah. is very abundant. And being able to just, I think, capture that is really special when a human being can do that and see yeah. that, yes, but the the chance of me being where I am today is under 0.000002%. And right. I'm here today breathing and impacting people's lives and connecting yeah. them with this personal experience. That that you said is, I just think, the eye-opener for a lot of people and makes a really fascinating human being. Yeah, I mean... Yes. Um, at everywhere in the world, you'll find people who really kind of seize that opportunity and, um, and make, make something out of it. Um, and I think like the best we can do in the world uh, with our time is to increase the number of people that go through that experience, right? 100%.
hundred percent. So bring us bring us down the specific story because I, I I really I'm intrigued by it. I know it might be a, a fairly long one, but I I want to understand some of those components that built the blocks of of who Dylan is today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I I grew up in uh, Sri Lanka, and my parents are um, you know lower middle class folks. Um, uh, my dad used to be a cop and, um, you know, mom, a homemaker. And uh, and I also grew up during a very tumultuous time in Sri Lanka where uh, there was a civil war going on that was uh, pretty much the entire time I was growing up. Uh, it was it was part of the background that was uh, that was happening. And that made life very um interesting in various ways like you know uh, like bombs going off in the capital or um, or uh, uh, schools having to shut down for like months at a time because of uh, uh, worries about these things was was very common and um, on top of that there was a second like a civil uprising that happened uh, that my father kind of was uh, directly subjected to because he was a cop. So there was a period of time, for example, uh, where our whole family had to be like split apart and like um, we were hiding because, you know, people are looking, <laughs> trying to trying to hunt him down. Um, so there, there are, yeah, there was, there, there was a, there was a crazy sequence of events like that, um, Amazingly, you kind of acclimate to these things too, and and uh, and this humans have this way of uh, kind of life goes on in the middle of the craziest things that you can think of. Um, so, so that was kind of the backdrop, and um, and it was, um, I think, I think poverty combined with. Um, the the civil war situation combined with a lot of you know domestic I'd say various level levels of domestic abuse and violence uh, made it fairly challenging to have any kind of normalcy in, in my childhood. However, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, speaking of information and. And uh, how that can almost save you at, at times. I think I kind of grew up uh, in a fantasy world, very much glued to various uh, books, fiction and nonfiction, and uh, and kind of finding refuge in in uh, in what people had created and put out there. And I could kind of like imagine and fantasize uh, being part of that. So that was uh, that was very interesting. And then. Yeah, one thing that had I had going for myself was that I was uh, I was always a pretty bright kid, I guess, in school and uh, and was doing fairly well. And uh, and my father had a friend who worked at the the U.S. embassy, and she suggested that because my grades were so good. Um, that I apply for a uh, for U.S. university. So and then I did, and um, it was uh, it was like 
it wasn't even a thing that I put that much effort or thought into because I, I honestly barely spoke English. I mean, I could write English, but like I had never really spoken, used it to communicate. Um, and uh, and I took the SATs and basically flunked my uh, verbal, but, uh, but did, <laughs> did well at uh, all the other stuff. And, uh, and then I was like, uh, I just applied to a few universities and, um, and MIT accepted me and that was a life-changing thing. Um, so it's one of those things that events that I'm forever grateful for. Um, so then I arrived at, um, in the U S and, um, and that kind of was the beginning of like a new set of struggles for me uh, because I, like I said, didn't really speak English and didn't really, you know, know anyone in the U.S., whereas I um, had signed up for this, like, very intensive curriculum that I had to uh, follow through on. And so that kind of immediately almost I fell into, like, deep depression and, um, and kind of really, really being very unhealthy and uh, um, almost suicidal for for a while, um, and this went on for a couple of years, probably, um, where my grades were, you know, tanking, and uh, and I was really potentially a threat to myself. And then to make it worse, I didn't have the um, the perception that I should go see a therapist or seek seek uh, seek counsel because I had grown up in a culture where, you know, only crazy people would would see therapists. So that was not something that I considered. Um, kind of long story short, uh, I ended up uh, there was this one professor who noticed that I did extremely well at some exams, but then. I would just completely fail others. And it was just like a very erratic pattern. Um, and, uh, and he noticed this and, and he essentially uh, one day he would, he set up an appointment for me to meet with him. And he almost took me by hand and, and walked me into uh, uh, the, uh, the counseling uh, or mental health office and uh, or mental health center. And then they, uh, they, um, yeah, they talked to me for a while and uh, ended up putting me on like five days of therapy to begin with, uh, with some antidepressants uh, to boot as well. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was really the, uh, the beginning of my turnaround in, in life and being able to figure out like truly how much, I could grow into. And one of the things that, you know, this therapist did right away was uh, getting me uh, started with fitness, like uh, getting me to go to the gym, going for a run, that type of thing. And she would hold me accountable. Uh, every time I see her, she would ask, Hey, like, do you do this? Do you go to the gym? Right. Do you go for a run? Um, and, um, and I wanted to make her happy. So I would do these things. And, um, and turns out it's pretty remarkable the level of impact that that kind of simple thing even can have. And obviously, you know, alongside um, 
all the all the other help that uh, uh, with her like you know talking through my kind of life situation and like having having a an avenue to release some of that stress was tremendously helpful and uh, yeah so that was uh, that was that was a big turning point um, that really kind of changed everything my grades got much better I you know started making friends and and all these things and uh, and it was it's been a you know not that it's been like easy since then but uh, it's been a journey of like learning how to become a better human and take care of myself better and it's been very effective want to make a podcast Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Yeah, that's a beautiful story because I... I I think we're all in this position where over years, these layers are formed. And I kind of think of like the planet, right? The exterior crust, so on and so forth. And if you're not really diving down to the root of something, and this is true for business and preaching to the choir, I call it like this IDSing, right? Identifying, discussing, solving. There's a system called EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System. Great book, Traction, I've talked about on the podcast, but if you're not getting to the root of something and you're just very surface level with it, there's always going to be these band-aids and these skipping over of the bumps. And I think it's remarkable that you went through this journey and you were able to do that deep dive into that self-discovery and understand truly who you are. And it seems like the person that you are is someone that loves to help other people, right? Granting that access, giving them the tools that you were not fortunate enough to have at as younger you. And I think it can be challenging sometimes for us to really, for just people that are out there doing good and helping people build their mountains to say, well, it's time to also look inward and see what I can do for myself. Because if I can't focus on this, then how do I give energy mm. and outward motion to the people around me? And I think that the, that discovery in that journey that you had is is pretty special. And a lot of people tend to struggle with that and sometimes up until the day that they you know move on yeah i mean that i think that's really key uh, i think um exactly like you said making time for or like constantly constantly putting effort to 
you know, better yourself and, and take better care of yourself. It's, it is an, it's an investment, right? And, um, and like a lot of investments, it has compounding interests. So if you're, if you're 10% happier, if you're like, you know, 5% more productive, if you, um, if you're, you know, a little bit better towards everyone around you, those are, those have, compounding returns right like if you build a company for example that might be a very empathetic company where like people love to work at um if you build a family it will be hopefully be a beautiful family where like you know you'll raise motivated children who would do uh, more good in the world so yeah absolutely uh, i think i think investing in personal growth constantly and really um making that key part of it is um is super critical as much as anything else that you do. I love that that compound. Give it did did your lens completely shift? You know, your glasses and the way that you looked at life and the way that you looked at opportunity after going through this this beginning phase of your journey, the first third quarter, whatever you want, however you want to frame it, did that completely change your outlook on opportunity and life and what you wanted to do and how you wanted to impact people and, and, and really f- start to form your North star? Yeah, um, absolutely. I think the thing that you got to realize is that when you're in a small pond and when resources are limited humans mostly operate from the amygdala, right? Uh, Figuratively speaking, at least. What I mean by that is that when the pie is small, you've got to fight for a slice because if you don't get pie, like, you know, you're going to suffer. Your family is going to suffer. So you just get crafty and figure out how to do whatever you need to do. And that doesn't really include a lot of altruism. That doesn't include a lot of um, giving and whatnot, because really there isn't much to give, right? This is what this has been the most of human history. Um, On the other hand, when the pie is big, especially when the pie keeps growing, you realize that, you can have enough for yourself. You can have enough for your family and then some, especially if you help the pie grow, right? And and then you start thinking about these higher needs in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, things like self-fulfillment. Whereas previously you were like trying to take care of like food and, and, you know, clothing and whatnot. So this I think has been kind of like the great lesson for humanity in a way with, um, with technology and capitalism, but then like at, uh, for, for me as well, at a personal level, when the world around me changed from being a kid in a third world country where, uh, you know, there was limited food, limited, you know, clothing, limited number of people could get into university even. And then if you graduate, limited number of jobs, and then a very, very limited number, number of ways of like acquiring a house and, and having a family and, and going from that to a complete abundance that you have in the US. And honestly, a lot of people do. Um, and, um, 
and and more than that even complete abundance at, at a in mental capacity right um that, that that is what that is where places like mit or the silicon valley really shines um it, it's it it paints a completely new picture of possibilities uh, that is something that's boundless and um and and yeah, without a horizon, it just makes you feel like the world's your oyster, right? Uh, everything seemed much more malleable uh, all of a sudden. So I think that made a huge difference in, in how I saw opportunity and how I saw the world. It's, yeah, it's, it's really kind of like going from, um, going from thinking about how it's, how there's very little and how do I get like a tiny bit of this little bit to uh, thinking about how there's so much and how you can help that so much grow into even more. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. So as your pie gets bigger, as this abundance grows, how are you thinking about the next, you know, five, 10 years for you with system two and just everything that's going on in your life? Like, how does that compound for you? What is yeah? Um, I think uh, so. System two is. I'd love to be. System two is a company that I want to build for the rest of my life. And why I say that is because um, it is a unique time in history where we can really build the operating system for all these coaches that are out there, right? Um, and, and there's like this massive need for need and desire for wellness across the board, um, again, from physical training to mental health to everything else. And um, people are wanting it and more, more and more coaches and trainers are getting into it. And technology needs to be there to connect those two groups and create that experience, uh, create an experience that's amazing. It's uh uh, and, and every individual who uh, who wants their own style of um, training should should get their own kind of like you know way of coaching. And so the, the, we want to build that operating system. We want to build that kind of like backend that will make it so much easier, so much cheaper for anyone in the world to. Uh, to get the help, the coaching, the friendship, the relationship around their wellness that they need, that will truly make a difference. And that is a kind of like almost like a boundless mission. That's very exciting. And, um, you know, from a, from business point of view, um, I think there's an opportunity to build a very valuable and, and massive company, but of course, equally, um, if not more important, I think there's a, there's an opportunity to build a company that touches millions of people um, in a very positive way, in a very direct way. Um, so that is, I think, when I think about the next five or 10 years or even longer, uh, what I want to be doing uh, and, uh, and uh, growing into other sectors as well, like mental health, meditation, uh, and other types of wellness. Um, at a personal level, I mean, I think there's so much growth that comes along with, uh, with building a company uh, and you know, being a founder and a CEO and, and a leader, uh, learning different skills from building products to dealing with humans to um, selling to 
building an organization where people are happy to work, right? Um, and that that is very fulfilling. So, so there's a lot to learn and grow at a personal level there. And of course, on the other hand, um, you know, uh, I still very much like I put a uh, things like longevity and um, and mental health, uh, wellness, meditation. These are like very personally things that I'm very passionate about and I spend a lot of time on. And um, yeah, I mean, um, I kind of not jokingly, but um, semi-jokingly say that I still want to become a monk at some point. So maybe that's something I'll explore, uh, you know, <laughs> go meditate for a while. Um, yeah, um, there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, lot of interesting things in the future, I think. Yeah. The, the world is is full of this and there's such a parallel between the physical world and the mental world that you're talking yeah. about because two i think well physical world there's a lot of muscles you could be working a lot of things you can be doing but you know health really at least here in the united states has not been a priority for a super super long time and i think similarly right beside that has been mental health hasn't been a priority for a really, really long time. And you said it, you know, about 10 minutes ago that going to therapy and talking about your deepest feelings and your past and all of these things is, you know, has been for a while looked as something negative. And it's now probably, I'm making an assumption here on timeline, but the last five years, the conversation is starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think again, COVID really amplified that at least, at least speaking on behalf in the United States with everybody being on lockdown and spending more time with themselves. There was a lot of people that struggled tenfold with that, but there's just such a parallel between physical health and mental health. And with the brain, I I think it's just one of those pieces of the body that just goes neglected for a lot of people. And we're starting to finally get it into the spotlight, which I think is really important and and beautiful. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think, uh, I think the, the two big shifts that are happening are cultural and, uh, and economical. I think, uh, you need you need the cultural will and the cultural kind of like uh, space to talk about these things. Uh, you know, talking about mental health not being a taboo and and being a um, a common thing. And then even uh, and then and then also like I think getting past like the completely silly drug on war uh, or like war on drugs. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, that uh, that you know incarcerated so many uh, innocent people and uh, and also banned a lot of substances that could be used for uh, uh, mental health treatment. So it's really encouraging to see from a cultural point of view that conversation changing. Things like MDMA and and uh, and ketamine and and other types of psychedelics uh, coming into um, like some companies are are actually. Uh, I have a friend, a close friend, who has built a an ad hoc ketamine therapy company and um and and um a lot of this a lot of, a lot of the legislation is being being passed to make it possible to use use these modalities so that that type of thing the, the cultural shift is is very important and then on the other hand i think making things affordable uh, economical makes it makes a huge difference right and this is where covid really helped as well before covid telemedicine for whatever reason i mean in, could be bureaucracy, could be just friction to changing systems, but telemedicine was not really a thing. 
Um, whereas now we live in a world where like all of a sudden people like that is like almost like the default way to, uh, to uh, potentially see a doctor. Um, and this, this impacts cost massively, right? Um, I've talked to therapists and trainers that say that, oh yeah, I, I lowered my price 20, 30%, but I get, I, I have the same take home. It's just that the client gets all the savings um, from me not having to maintain office or go to an office, right? So, so that's really interesting that that brings down the cost. Um, and then, yeah, and then and then we are using technology in various ways to bring down, down the cost of these modalities um, from com.com that, you know, to, uh, for example, that you can get like a great meditation program on your on your phone to uh, there are multiple companies that has CBT-based um, therapeutic um, modalities built into apps that um, that makes it easy for you to get CBT therapy, which is very effective. And I think like on the, even on the talk therapy front, um, there are companies that does it remotely. There are companies that are building fascinating technologies to uh, build like a chatbot, for example, that can function, um, you know, even if it's like, I don't know, 10% of a function of a, of a therapist, if you can provide that service for like 100, the cost, um, that makes a huge difference. Um, and then, and then, yeah, then companies like ours that are building tools for therapists and, and coaches so that they can, um, reach hundreds more people more effectively and, uh, and, uh, and make their services available to all those people. So I think, at a high level, uh, the the change shift in uh, both cultural attitude and cost of service is making a huge difference in mental health, um, and and it's a trend that I hundred percent see continuing in that direction as well because we are, we are scratching the surface with what's possible with technology, especially, um, and. Uh, and I think uh, I think we will be living in a world where a lot of these services will be both desired and accessible uh, to a lot more people. You know, five ten years down the road, which is very exciting. Yeah, you're a thousand percent on point with this. The scratching the surface. I think twenty years, we're going to look back and be like, "Wow, that's where we yeah. are." And it's funny that you you bring up the cultural piece and you said the war on drugs. So I've been in the legal cannabis industry for 10 years now, and it's been nothing but an uphill battle. If you go to, I don't know how much you know about the industry, but try to start, open up a business account. This is why we have yeah. the Safe Banking Act that's been trying to get pushed through, uh, it seems like a million times at this point. And I think it's this, again, going back to access too as well, we have the internet, which is only what, 30, 32 years old. It's very young when you think about it. The access to information to say, oh, now we have studies online. We have the ability to connect to other humans and understand what they're going through and what they did. And you have all these people, these bright-minded people that now have a platform to connect and, and communicate on. And I think people sit back and say, could I do something different in my life? Could I enhance my life? Could I be using something that will enhance my life? And and I got started in the cannabis space, like I said, almost 10 years ago, because cancer has hit my family extremely hard. And unfortunately, because it's still federally illegal, there are not a lot of universities doing a lot of studies on it. And 
the other thing that's unfortunate with ability to access information is how much is legitimate data-backed non-anecdotal information. And that's the thing that I've been battling for a while. And I know many other people in the cannabis space is there's all of these misnomers and things that were painted 20 years ago by people that were based on anecdotal information. And people unfortunately are having these bad experiences with cannabis, which is deterring them from the market when there's so much good and opportunity. Dylan, where I, I, Super appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Uh, brilliant individual. So thank you so much for for sharing your time and, and sharing your story and going deep with us. Where can people find System 2? Where can people follow you too? I don't know if you have a, a Twitter or an Instagram. Yeah, I, I do have know. Twitter. Uh, it's just uh, Dylan is my handle, D-I-L-A-N. Um, so uh, yeah, twitter.com slash D-I-L-A-N. And, um, and uh, for System 2, you could go to getsystem2.com. Uh, get system to uh, S-Y-S-T-E-M number two.com. And also um, if you're a personal trainer or a fitness influencer who, uh, who is looking to, um, who is looking to really hundred X your business, uh, we are, we are building this new partnership product. I'd love to talk to you. We will build you everything from website and app uh, and, um, and, you know, client management system, everything that you can ask for. And uh, it's an amazing system that will guarantee, you know, your clients would have an amazing time working with you and so many more of them because we use really cool technology in the back end. Would love to tell you more about it. So uh, for that too, um, go to Get System 2 or reach out to me directly on Twitter or through email. Uh, my email is dylan at system2.fitness. So, yeah. I know three or four people off the top of my head, personal trainers that I'm going to be sharing this with. So again, Dylan, I super appreciate what you're building, what you're doing for the world. And thanks again for for jumping on and sharing your, your time and wisdom. Thank you very much for having me, Scott. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into navigating childhood trauma and adversity with Dylan Dane. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you could follow me on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on Facebook at the motivated mind podcast. Don't forget to join me next week for another episode. I love you all and thanks so much for listening. Motivated Mind is a mindset production.